The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, February 11th. If you've enjoyed our coverage throughout the season, do us a solid and leave a five-star review. We'll, of course, be doing tons of mailbags throughout the season, uh, throughout the off-season, excuse me. And if you leave a five-star review, you can ask us any question you like. Um, you can request that we bring Sean Wagner-McBleet back. Um, you know, and, and ask him questions. You can ask for breach parenting skills. You can ask where the hell Ryan's tattoo is. Anything you want. On this episode, we will have a way too early 2021 power rankings, a super friends show on Friday. And if you go back in the feed, Jared Dubin breaks down what the Bucks and Chiefs will be doing this offseason and what their future looks like. And look, football's gone. But you know what? Baseball is coming around the corner, and that means you need to be listening to fantasy baseball today. Frank Stample, Scott White, and Chris Towers are doing position previews for the rest of February to get you ready for draft season. Five episodes per week, basically daily, just like this show. You can find fantasy baseball today wherever you listen to Pick 6, but they're also now streaming the video show live on weeknights around 10 p.m. on the Fantasy Baseball Today YouTube channel. Whoops, that backfired on them. Uh, joining me now to talk about the way too early power rankings, great friend of the program, Tom Brady aficionado, Bucks super fan, Tyler Sullivan, aka Sully. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Well, yeah, Bucks fan since day one. Everybody knows that, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 done to Pete Blackburn about this, and it's you know, if you're a Pat, if you're a lifelong Pats fan, you're a Boston guy. You're fine rooting for the Bucks, you know, like as long as you're not rooting because you're not rooting against the Patriots, you're not rooting against Bill Belichick. It's like kind of Brady's your guy. I mean, I, I, don't, I guess it depends on where you stand on the Brady Belichick. Yeah, spectrum. that's exactly that's exactly what it is. But it's not. It's it's almost not even that you're a Bucks fan. You're just a Brady fan. Like that's really kind of how I've described it to people. It's like, yeah, you know, he just happens to play for the Bucks, but I'm rooting for Brady. Like that's that's where and we're Gronk's at. there too. I mean, it's it's pretty like, easy to root for. I mean, you watch the whole Super Bowl. It's Gronk catching touchdowns, Antonio Brown. I felt like I was watching a Patriots game. I know. It's sort of, I mean, did it, did it give you any sense of, man, Bill? Oh yeah. You don't feel, I mean, the, the whole, and I, I wrote about it leading into the Super Bowl week. Like you did not feel good as a, as a Patriots fan. I mean, every which way you turned, you were getting hit in, in the, in the downstairs area, whether it was Danny and Mandola going after you, Matthew Stafford saying he doesn't want to play for you. And then Brady went to Super Bowl by throwing two touchdowns to Gronk. It was, uh, wasn't the best week for Belichick. I mean, I understand what Belichick did and I, and I, I'm not going to walk, I'm not going to walk it back because I thought at the time that, Hey, look, man, you want to move on? You go to Cam Newton. It looked for a couple of weeks like he might be upgrading it. That obviously was wildly incorrect. Um, but Belichick's mantra from day one with New England has been to move on a year early rather than a year too late. And that has worked very, 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 very well for him. 
but it backfired this time. He was wrong. I mean, he let Brady I, I don't go think too early. He even did that. Uh, you know, I think that he kind of almost broke that rule. You know, quickly. It's just it looked like he was doing that with Garoppolo. They came to a point where it was okay. Are we going to move off from Brady? But he just so happened to be winning MVPs and Super Bowls. And you just couldn't move off of him, even though probably instinct says that that's what you're supposed to do. If you're Belichick, you follow that rule. But then it got to a point now where you got rid of him too late in the sense that you didn't have anything prepared as he, as he walked out the door. Oh, that, that's actually a great call. And I do think that it is, it is kind of unfair. So we're asking Bill Belichick, who again, greatest coach in professional sports, probably and greatest, certainly the greatest coach in NFL history. In my opinion, you're asking him to. Like, this is an outlier. This is not a normal situation that a 43-year-old quarterback is playing well in the playoffs at an MVP level, winning Super Bowls for his team. And, of course, the defense helped. Like, he, Bill Belichick used all of the analytics, everything he's known about football, which he's been involved in for his entire life, and deduced that if he kept Tom Brady around too long, it would burn him. And now it looks like Brady might play five more years with the Bucks. I mean, it really yeah. does. I mean, the only thing normal about Brady is that he was a little bit woozy coming off that boat today during the parade. That was really about it. Well, great segue. Let's talk about that. Um, the uh, Bucks Super Bowl parade happened on Wednesday, and oh my goodness gracious, <laughs> Tom Brady got schnockered, which is not. I mean, like he was seen stumbling around. He later tweeted about it in in joking fashion, said it was like avocado tequila. Uh, I mean, do you think that? I mean, certainly, I mean, they partied hard on these, on these Patriots. They would do the duck boats through downtown Boston. I mean, is this the drunkest he's ever been at a Super Bowl parade? Because it looks like it. It looks like it. I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, you hear stories all the time about Brady. I, I know Mike Reese of ESPN did a whole thing about one time Matt Castle told him a story about how Brady chugged a million beers and all that. I know he was on uh, Colbert and he chugged a beer. So, like, you know, you've seen Brady kind of dabble in this before. But when he was walking, I don't know where he was walking to, but he was coming off the boat. And I, I, I know that walk. I've, I've done that walk. I've seen that a million times in my life. And he, he was feeling no pain been a million times since March. Yeah. <laughs> Once a night, I go to bed. <laughs> Stumble like Tom Brady up the stairs. I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not that bad. But yeah, I mean, he he had somebody guiding him. I know. I, and I, I, know. I we talked about this a little bit before the show, but I do think you guys, you and Debo, mentioned it. you might be onto something. Like Brady, because of the like, you're 43 years old. You can't. There's a very fine line you walk in terms of keeping your body yeah. in peak performance. You're not pounding beer every after every game. No, you know, there's I mean, a lot of. It's uh, not. A, it's not a Bruce Arians win, win, lose, we booze type of vibe. That's not Brady. I mean, maybe today it was, but that that's not. Or it like, or like Peyton season. on the air, Peyton on the plane, six pack, or you know, yeah. or Philip River, or Philip Rivers doesn't drink, but like, yeah, I mean, like, and I, that's not a. I'm not mocking Peyton. I mean, just that's just that's what like Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, you know, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Brett Favre, like these guys finish the game. It's like let's. I mean, shoot, Lynn Dawson, you know, smoking cigs at halftime. Tom Brady's <laughs> a different beast, and. Um, so yeah, it takes, you know, it takes care of his body. If you do that for six months, eight months, and you don't drink much, when you have a couple shots of tequila, you're going to be loose as a goose. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be feeling it. I, I you know, that's going to be the big takeaway from the, or the viral moment from the parade and all that, or the boat parade, whatever you call it. The thing that I find interesting though, that the big take takeaway that I'm looking at is just the confidence coming out of Tampa Bay right now. And it's kind of, you know, this will segue into what we're talking about, you know, for the whole podcast, but they are very confident that not only are they bringing everybody back, but they're going back to back and they are really going after the chiefs for being soft. It, it 
I, as we're going to talk about, I have them very high on this list, but I almost feel like they're, they're already kind of starting to go back here. Cause I, I just don't know if I like a team being so confident that, Hey, we're going back to back. The chiefs ain't nothing. They were soft. That's a little bit making me uneasy where my picks are. Mm. Uh, let's see. In the middle, oh yeah, and a couple more parade notes. In the middle of Levante David talking about how he wants to return to the Bucks next season, Bruce Arians grabs the mic out of his hand and says, quote, your ass ain't going nowhere. You know, we talked with Dubin about this. It sort of feels like they might just, like this is, this is kind of the importance of Tom Brady too. Yeah. Tom Brady and Gronk show up in Tampa Bay. You win nine games. You know, you don't win the division, but Drew Brees is most likely gone. You win the Super Bowl. It's like, wait, why would I, and this, I said this on HQ, like, why would Chris Godwin go take $19 million from the Jets when he can get 16 million or 17 million? That's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But like, you can win games and play with Tom Brady and yeah, just yeah. be part of this like unbelievable run that the greatest quarterback or greatest athlete of all time is on. Well, I wrote about this today on, on, on our site. It, it's, it's basically, you know, he's, Obviously, Tom Brady was able to win the Super Bowl. Unbelievable stats throughout the season. But I think one of the underlying things about him in his first year in Tampa is that he was able to recruit a lot of these guys to Tampa Bay, whether it's bringing Rob Gronkowski out of retirement, Antonio Brown wants to sign there, Leonard Fournette, even with Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy there, he wants to go play in Tampa Bay. And all three of those guys scored in the Super Bowl. They, they produced the only points out of any Buccaneers skill players that's never happened before in the Super Bowl, guys that weren't on the roster a year ago, then producing in the Super Bowl all of your points. And I only think that that's going to grow from here. I mean, you're talking about Florida, where it's always sunny, you're no state income tax. You have Bruce Arians, who is not Bill Belichick. He's the anti-Belichick. It's not a militaristic type of atmosphere. It's pretty laid back. These dudes had days off and had fun. And you're winning. And, yeah. and that's, and, and now you have a Lombardi to say, Hey, listen, it, you know, the, the allure of the Patriots was, you know what? It, it's kind of rough. It, it, it's really, you know, it's really on you. But at the end of the day, you're going to be in the AFC championship and more likely in the Super Bowl and you're winning the title. Now Brady can say, Hey, listen, we can have some fun over here in Florida and we're still here. Look, I just want a Lombardi. That's, that's huge when they go into free agency. Some days off, some <laughs> days off. I mean, right. Uh, and the, by the way, the Lombardi, that was the other notable moment that, I mean, like I stopped by a store on my way to the house, uh, today and somebody asked me, the, the, I know the guy owns the store, but he's like, Hey, uh, he's like, did you see Brady coming out of that thing? I was like, yeah, that's crazy. He's like, did you see him throw the Lombardi? They're on these boats and Tom Brady literally th- like throws the Lombardi trophy, which is quite heavy it, and thing- a sharp giant sharp metal object <laughs> all the way back to Gronk. Who's on a boat behind him and Gronk reels it in like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be all, you know, like, I'm not trying to get, you know, uh, up in the, and I just, like, somebody could have got, because look, that's something me and my friends would do too, but like, somebody could have gotten hurt on, you know, national parade television when the Lombardi trophy is flying from one boat to another. It worked out fine. It's hilarious. It's an incredible moment, but golly, I mean, these guys were getting after it. Not only that, you'd have to hire the scuba team to go after if he misses yeah, the what boat. Yeah, what if the trophy drops, right? The best part was, or the best part for me was, you know, I get a bunch of push notifications on my phone off Twitter. The sure. first tweet I see is, I think it was Scotty Miller dropped Chris Godwin's phone in the water. <laughs> and, and then the very next tweet is, here's Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy off the boat. I'm like, Oh my god. How does the phone get dropped and not the Lombardi trophy? It's unbelievable. Uh, Gronk, by the way, um, you know, has been, uh, accused of, um, 
Oh, so they threw it from both angles. Oh, Cameron Braid actually called it, not Gronk. Sorry. So the Gronk has been accused of dinging the Lombardi trophy. He blames uh, Julian Edelman. There was some pushback from Edelman on that. But, man, what a, I mean, it's hard not to like this Bucks team. I wish yeah, I had better. Yeah, I wish that's, I'd, the, that's the thing. It, it's all the things that you didn't like about the New England Patriots, the stuffiness, the, you know, all, all that rigidness. And you just are replacing it with sunshine, boozing, and you still have the Lombardis. I mean, how do you not like that? It's like it's set Gronk free. Yeah, seriously. Which is why he's probably coming back, which is why the Bucks are probably high on your power rings list, which is what we'll get to coming up after the break. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, so uh, when we look at Super Bowl odds, the Chiefs are first, plus 550, which means you got to bet $100 to win $550. The Buccaneers and Packers are tied at 9-1. to Ravens and Bills at 12-1. to My team, the Los Angeles Rams, a lifelong Los Angeles Rams fan here, 13-1. to the 49ers, uh, 14 to one Saints, 18 to one. That's probably too high without Drew Brees, I guess. And the Seahawks and Browns, hello, at, uh, 20 to one. The teams with the worst odds, the Lions, Jets, and Texans are at a hundred to one, which is pretty insane. Um, Pete Prisco has his final 2020 power rankings, which I guess is fine. I guess you have to do it after the Super Bowl. Right. Like you got to toss them up there, but. I mean, we all know who's number one. Right. It's it, the Bucks, it, Pete. It's kind of, it's kind of silly when you literally have the standings, right? In right. Front of you. Like so. the season is over. You're not going to rank the Chiefs above the Bucks. You're not going to rank the Packers above the Bucks. Yeah. We get it. We've seen the standings, Pete, but I guess you like, you've been doing it for 45 years. You got to keep trotting them out. Uh, let's do something better, Tyler. Let's do our spin ahead and look to 2021 power rankings. Uh, cause Pete, He's not doing them. You're doing them. Um, are you writing? Did you? Are you going to do an article on this? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't should, I, yeah, I should. Should be. stomp should. on Pete's like. I, I'll like, directly go at Pete, and that'd be great. You know, it'd be fine. Yeah, be like, or be like top team rankings. I'll go full on Tyree. You know, who was it? Antoine Winfield or whoever yeah, it was. Put you know the peace sign right in front of. Yeah, Pete I like that. It'd be great. 
do are the Buccaneers your top team for 2021? Yeah, yeah it, you know they they are, and it's this is a really this is you know it's the the way too early list to me at least how I'm looking at it right now is who do I feel best about probably winning the Super Bowl? That, that's, that's really how, you know, the first question I asked myself going into it. And the Bucks do feel like a team that is in full win now mode. I think that everybody would say that they were probably a little bit early in their Super Bowl window with Brady this year. I think if they were, if you were going to say that Brady and all of them were going to win a Super Bowl, it would be in year two, you know, yes. you say, okay, they need a year to kind of figure things out, gain that chemistry. Especially in a pandemic. Exactly. And and then everything, you know, clicks the next year and they're off to the races. Very similar to like Peyton Manning when he was in his second year in Denver, just absolutely lit it up statistically. So they were just early. And, and now all of a sudden you have a lot of these guys, like we were talking about earlier, I, you know, you do need to address the front seven, you know, Shaq Barrett and, and all those guys, basically the same questions you had last off season. Can you bring the stars of your front seven back? I think that you will be able to because everybody wants to stick around and defend the title. So to me, I just see them being the force. And now, like I said earlier, I don't know if I love the confidence coming out or the the spoken confidence coming out of Tampa Bay. I feel like that usually bites you in the butt later on down the road when you say, oh, the team we beat was soft and, and yada, yada, yada. But right now, you know, talent wise, you know, the emphasis of winning in this window, the Buccaneers to me still feel like the team to beat. Yeah, and one underrated factor. So I mean, like as you mentioned, with so you have Tom Brady, who I I, I don't think Tom Brady's going to drop off out of nowhere in 2021. That would be a, su- no. a big surprise to yeah. everybody at this point, yeah, including himself and the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, obviously, um, I I we we went over the free agents on the podcast and on HQ. Like, I think Shaq Barrett's a guy who might take less yep. than the open market because he played he's played so well in Todd Bowles' system. Like, and he's having fun doing it. Levante David, a lifelong Buccaneer, I think there's a pretty good chance they bring him back. Chris Godwin's 24. They're not going to let him walk. So you, even we're going to deal with... Do, I don't even think that that's a huge deal. I mean, you still have Mike Evans. You're probably going to bring back Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. You, you have all of these weapons like uh, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. You know, you have guys ready Trump, to come. Cameron Bray. Exactly. O.J. Howard's probably coming back at some, you know, or, you know, you could cut O.J. Howard and save six million bucks and use that or, or do that. And you have yeah. more money to spend on Chris Godwin or somebody else. To me, you'll still be able to figure out one guy that I think would be great for Tampa Bay. I know, I know that obviously is, uh, you know, this is not necessarily a wide receiver, but James White's a free agent. He didn't really have a great year in New England. You know, great point. Perfect guy. They clearly have a rapport. Like I think they use Leonard Burnett as their third down back. Like bring in James White. I think that that would be ideal. I think you might see a lot of the the expatriate crossover come to Tampa Bay this. You're saying that expats are gonna expats will be expats in Tampa. It'll be it'll it'll be uh, New England South, Foxborough South. No, I'm saying like you know when you leave the country and you move to another country, you're called an expat. Oh, is that true? Now, yeah, that. now you're an, actually an expat. Wow. Um, the, the underrated thing I was going to say that I think people are sort of missing on the Bucks too. Drew Brees, yep. probably gone. The Saints still have a good team, but, I mean, we don't know if they're going to bring Jameis like, or Taysom Hill, what they're going to do. I mean, you're losing Drew Brees, Hall of Fame mm-hmm. quarterback. Panthers still rebuilding. Now, if they get Deshaun Watson, this all changes, obviously. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're a force right now. And then the Falcons have a new coaching staff, and they're trying to figure it out with Matt Ryan. So, the, the Bucks should be a huge favorite to win the division in 2021 and, and, and have an easier on, path. And quickly, and kind of on that same note, the entire coaching staff's coming back. They didn't lose anybody, you know, in That's terms true. of the key coordinators and all of that. They're getting all of their main guys back. Yep, and Bruce Arians is not retiring, as he made very, very clear. Uh, oh, look at this. Near and dear to my heart. Who's your number two? 
My number two team, I, I knew you'd love this. The Los Angeles Rams. Again, I'm buying, I'm buying in on the hype. It, it, to me, I, I, you know, it's very similar to Tampa, Tampa Bay in the sense that they are clearly in their Super Bowl window. I wouldn't, when you shell out your first round picks for the next decade, you're in it to win it right now. Matthew Stafford, clear upgrade in my opinion, as long as he stays healthy over Jared Goff. They really have no major free agents. I mean, it's not like we're looking at like Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all those guys going away. You have Cam Akers coming into year two. I think that he's going to pop. And it just feels like this is a team that will really make an impact in 2021. I, I think it's the, they had the number four defense in DVOA. They were the number two team in adjusted sack rate. So to me, great offensive line, or at least statistically when everybody's healthy, defense is great and you're improving at quarterback. To me, that, that, that's just, uh, you know, match made in heaven there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Look, Matthew Stafford, I, I, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to work, but I think, you know, I don't know if it's going to be, this is going to be the guy for the next four years, but in 2021, I feel really good about Matthew Stafford continuing to be Matthew Stafford. So do you remember when the Patriots traded for, uh, was it Coney Ely from the Panth, from the Panthers? Uh, yeah. 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 That was the second, second round or whatever it was. Yeah. 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 So at that point, they traded a first rounder for Brandon Cooks that year too, I think. Yes. Yes. So I made the argument at that time and I, I think I, it's written on the internet somewhere, but I didn't feel like combing for it that we might see a migration in terms of that trend where teams started trading their picks, like first and second round picks for established veterans who can help them win now to, like if they are a team that is in a spot that wants to do that. Yep. So Bel- Belichick kind of started it, and I feel like Les Snead, for better or for worse, they won a lot of games, has really embraced it. And I'm a, I know they gave up a lot for Stafford, but they also dumped Jared Goff's salary. And to get out from under Goff, even with the cap hit, and to up, like the, to me, the, the Rams with Matthew Stafford last year, if Stafford's healthy in the playoffs, I don't see why they're not. I mean, like they, I think they can beat Green Bay. Yeah. I don't know if they beat Tampa. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they could have made a run. Stafford to me is that good. And maybe I'm overrating him. Uh, we'll find out this year, but he's so good off play action. He's so good with the deep ball and he's not going to be asked to carry a team the way he has been in Detroit. And he can elevate people around him, unlike the way Jared Goff has been able to. So I think with their defense and an upgraded quarterback, this is a team to be reckoned with. It's a huge season for him. I mean, there's no denying that. It's your entire career you were looked at as a very talented quarterback, but one that could never elevate a franchise as we've seen other guys do with Stafford in Detroit. Now you could have, it's, it's very similar, you know, in, in my mind to, to Brady almost where it's now you have everything you could possibly want, uh, you know, a, a proven head coach, great offensive weapons, a strong offensive line, a top rated defense with the reigning defensive player of the year and a guy in Jalen Ramsey who could very easily win defensive player of the year. I mean, you have all the pieces in place. Were it not time. for Aaron Donald. <laughs> like, right. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> And now all of a sudden you're looking at a, a division where we don't know what it's really going to look like. Things are developing rather quickly over the fat, last few days here, especially in Seattle. You don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson. You don't know if anybody in San Francisco is going to stay healthy. And we still, as talented as Kyler Murray can be, we don't know what the ceiling is for that team either. So all of a sudden, a, a division that we thought was very, very difficult to win could really maybe be much easier for a team like the Los Angeles Rams who are super talented. I agree with that completely. Like what, I mean, what if Russell's traded? Yeah. 
And I don't even know what if Garoppolo is traded, you know, and and again, you would think that if they trade Garoppolo, it's going to be for an upgrade. So, you know, maybe that doesn't really work in that, in that, in that argument, but still. If Deshaun Watson shows up there, that's a problem, but it's game over. Yeah. But like, you know, what if the Panthers call Seattle? Like, Hey, we'll give you three first for Russell and the Seahawks do it. And then, and they have Teddy Bridgewater, you know, I mean, there's, Mm-hmm. I don't think it's happening. I'm just saying, like, there's right. No, I know what you mean. It's, the division it's doesn't look as tough as it did this time last year. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, next up, number three, Kansas City Chiefs. That's where that's where we're at. It's it's one of those things where obviously you could easily put them number one. You could easily put them number two. It's just historically very hard for these teams that lose Super Bowls to kind of get back to where they are. And, and if any team was going to buck that trend, I would pick the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're just, you know, we all know this. They're, they're absolutely loaded. You know, Ty, you know, Tyree Kill, they're still going to have Travis Kelsey, obviously Patrick Mahomes. They're going to figure it out. They're going to be a force in the AFC. It wouldn't surprise me in the, in the slightest if they're back in the Super Bowl next year. It's just that history to me gives me a little bit of pause. And the other thing that I, I am starting to think about a little bit more and more, and it's it's nothing that is super red alert, you know, on my radar. But I do start paying attention a little bit to Patrick Mahomes and the sense of his health. Yeah, you're looking at the past two seasons now, and he's had these kind of weird, somewhat significant injuries, even though he's still been able to play. I mean, two years ago he dislocated his kneecap, and that was a crazy story. It didn't matter. He ended up coming back, was fine, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But now you're all of a sudden looking at a turf toe injury that's requiring surgery that maybe keep him out for the entire offseason. I, I just start to wonder, and it feels like a lot of that is due to, you know, maybe his mobility. I mean, he's not like he's, you know, Lamar Jackson or anything along those lines, but he's moving around a little bit more. I do wonder if if something, you know, that's something that I'm paying attention to. Because if all of a sudden he gets hurt in 2021, those things are starting to compile now. And it, there's a narrative that's starting to be created. So to me, just something I'm keeping an eye on, not something that I'm I'm not ready to call him like an injury-prone player or anything along those lines. But to me, Chiefs, stud team, they'll be right back in it. But those are just the the concerns that I have going into 2021. Well, all right, let's say that Mahomes, I mean, let's say Mahomes misses two games – Gosh, somebody called him injury prone in the, on the podcast, like before even the Super Bowl happened. Let's say, let's say he doesn't miss any games and they lose in the AFC championship game. Then I, I don't want to say that a narrative starts to build. Cause if you make it four straight AFC championship games, like we should applaud them, plus exactly. with two Super Bowls. But it's very easy as we sit here right now to say, man, they could have easily won three straight Super Bowls. Well, if you get here, if you get through year four of Patrick Mahomes, and I, I I feel like people as a starter, obviously year five. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a chance people will start to beat the drum of they're going to win a second Super Bowl, right? Well, I mean it's very similar to what I think what people were saying with Russell Wilson and he Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, studs yeah. out of the gate, they're winning Super Bowls, and then it's just hard to get back there. And I hate going back to Brady every single time, but it's just it's just something that's in the front of my mind. He wins three Super Bowls. It's a dynasty. And he even said himself, I thought winning Super Bowls were, were easy. And then he goes a decade without it winning. It's a long time to win their fourth Super Bowl. We're, and we're talking about a guy who has now won seven. And, and he, he has even said, I did not realize how difficult it is until after those three with New England. And yet it didn't, it didn't do it until 2014 against Seattle. And even in that game, you needed the unbelievable interception by Malcolm Butler. So it's, it's, as talented and as great as you can be as a quarterback, 
you still, things just need to fall your way sometimes. And, and, you know, we've seen it with all these guys, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, maybe one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever, ever seen. And he's only has one. And it's, if we're basically just uptown, he should have more than that, but he doesn't. And that's just the way it is. Well, I mean, Sully, look, they, in 2010, they went 10 and five and snuck in as a wild card, got nuclear hot in the playoffs beat the Steelers, and won a Super Bowl. It's like, all right, well, this is just going to be a run for the Packers. They go 15-1. and Aaron Rodgers went 14-1. and They had a meaningless Week 17 game, and they won it. Um, And then they lost in stunning fashion in the playoffs. Now, they didn't make it to the Super Bowl because the Giants camp showed up. But, like, I don't know. There's some similarities there. You know what I mean? it's We've seen Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the greatest tandem of all time, suffer crippling defeats in in the playoffs. Like, it, it just happens to everybody. So to assume that the Chiefs will just get back, I, I think it is fair to say, all right, let's let's keep it on our radar. Right. And again, I'm naming them as the basically the number one team in the AFC. I have two NFC teams in front of them. But it is worth noting that the AFC is getting better. They, they, there are there are better. There are teams that are kind of getting into that same class as Kansas City, Buffalo, certainly one of them. If they continue on that ascension, you have Baltimore, you have, you know, who knows what's going to happen with like, you know, with Deshaun Watson. If he lands on one of these teams in the AFC, it really starts to change that narrative or change that discussion of where things go. I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Off the hey, top maybe of the head. Colts fix Carson right, Wentz. Right, right, exactly. Somebody like, like that, you know, that, that could easily. Trevor Lawrence is coming to town. I mean, there's. Easily change, change the needle there. So to yeah. me, they're still the class of the conference, but things are going to get, or it seems things look like it's going to get difficult for them. For sure. And you mentioned the Buffalo Bills, number four there. I think that makes a world of sense. Buffalo, I mean, if you're, if you're picking most complete rosters in the NFL, you would go the Chiefs one, maybe the Bucks two, but I could make it, I think you make it a case for the Bills as a top three option. Um, you know, like they're just, they're not, they don't really have a weakness anywhere. Yeah. I, I love what Buffalo is doing and they're all, again, you're talking about teams that are young and they're still ascending, you know, Buffalo, they're going to have a better running game next year. Zach Moss in year two, Gabriel Davis going into year two. They have weapons that are pretty impactful, but I think that they could still improve. Like I still think that there are areas where they could get better. I think that they could get better at stopping the run, even though they were pretty solid at it towards the tail end of the year. The secondary, I think is still fine with, with Tredavious White. They have a lot of really great players at such important positions. And obviously the big thing, Josh Allen, you know, just ascending into an MVP guy, you know, that's, that's the biggest development or maybe the sneakiest story of 2020 that we're not talking about is, you know, more that we should be talking about more is Josh Allen was a legitimate MVP candidate over the final month of the season. He got more votes than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is doing crazy things. It's a crazy year. Under normal circumstances, we'd be paying more attention to it. But Josh Allen, to me, if he continues this, he's a great bet for for MVP, a future bet to to, to see what he can do next He'll year. He'll probably be like twelve or fifteen to one, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if you take if you consider the leap he made from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, yep. if he adds anything on the top on top of that, he's he's an he's an elite quarterback, and it's entirely possible he will, given his age and his skill set. And again, things can change that we're doing this in, in February. It was the week after the Super Bowl, but right now, very winnable division, very winnable division. It, it doesn't, you know, the I most know, winnable division. You could say, yeah, you could say that. I mean, especially if, if urban, oh, yeah, no, cause 
if you're saying urban and well, yeah, no, I'm looking at the AFC South. As long as they can figure out the quarterback position, then you have, you know, the Colts figure out a quarterback. The Titans are still there. You have the AFC, you know, the AFC South to me is very like there's a, like I think the Bills are substantially better than yes, everybody else yes, in the AFC. Yes, yes. And, and there's and, a lot more even evenness to the AFC South because I don't I have no clue which way the the winds are going to blow with the Ooh, Patriots. Actually, uh, <laughs> NFC North that's the most winnable division for the for the Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah, the Bears that, do something to quarterback, it. but I mean he, the point point being is the Bills can dominate the AFC East. Sort of the way the Patriots did for a few years if, if they, if they keep this together. Again, you don't know what the Jets are going to do. They have a ton of cap space. They could, you know, a ton of draft capital. They could trade for Deshaun Watson. You never know. Uh, the, the mind often almost the same thing. You know, I like the way that they're going and if Tua can make a jump or whatever they do at quarterback, it, they could be good. But as of right now, Buffalo clear as day favorite to win that division, which, which just puts you in a, in a great spot when you get into the postseason. Uh, I like here at number five, you have a bounce back for the Baltimore Ravens. I agree with it. it Lamar Jackson's 2021 is going to be pretty heavily criticized one way or the other, or pretty heavily scrutinized, I guess I should say. Yeah. To me, you know, they still have guys that you still need to address in free agency. Uh, Matt Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, figure out what you're going to do with, with those guys and, and make sure the defense is a Baltimore Ravens defense. But other than that, I'm looking at this team and I'm saying all they really need is a wide receiver. You know, all they really need is that legit weapon for Lamar Jackson to improve the passing game. And you're looking at that offense in, in just a completely different way. Because if all of a sudden you have a guy, let's just say, um, you know, Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster, any one of these like premier guys that are coming out, or even like a even like a Curtis Samuel, anybody along sure. those lines. You could talk about improving the passing game. J.K. Dobbins in year two, I think it's going to be a stud. You have Lamar Jackson still being a threat with his arm and with his legs. You have Mark Andrews. Maybe see what you can get out of Hollywood Brown. It, it feels like that hasn't really bursted to the, to the effect that you would hope it was on a more consistent level. But to me, they're just a, a one piece away offensively from be, being right in that Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills scenario i think maybe it's like a tier down out of out of the top four this is kind of a different tier that i think we're in but baltimore to me i like them better than than cleveland i like them better than tennessee i like them better than indianapolis just because i have no idea what their quarterback situation is at least they have a guy that's won an mvp can dominate on the ground and make plays through the air he just needs another weapon yeah and the other thing too is um that division's tougher yeah. Uh, certainly Pittsburgh, you know, we're seeing an end to the run with Ben Roethlisberger and Cleveland, maybe starting it back up with TBD on like how the Bengals would look with Joe Burrow. But I would bet on the Bengals to, I mean, the Ravens to bounce back and, and to yeah. win the division worth noting uh, Orlando Brown apparently wants a trade to a team that will let him play left tackle. Uh, and the Ravens want a quote, massive haul for him. I don't think it's that crazy that he gets traded this all season just because of, like they have a lot of contracts they're going to have to hand out and they're, you know, I I don't know. It it wouldn't, it's not that crazy. They would deal him and try to get a bunch of picks back and try to sort of not reload, but stock back up on young players. Yeah. To me, you know, you can address other areas on your roster. It's, I don't want to say he's an expendable asset because that's, that's not necessarily true, but if you're going to move on from him, you can get a a ton for him and you can really help yourself out. And with what I'm just saying, whether it's, assets to go get a wide receiver or get a pass catching weapon or, or fix other things along the offensive line or on defense 
you have a, a blue chip thing that you, your asset that you can move now to address other things. To me, that just, it just even more solidifies why I feel good about Baltimore so long as they make the right moves. All right. The bottom five is a little bit easier to work through than the top five because spoiler alert, these teams suck. Yeah. They're not good. Uh, I, what's interesting about this list to me. And we're just gonna, I'm going to list them all. We can sort of discuss yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Get out here. The Jets at 28, the Jaguars at 29, the Bengals at 30, the Lions at 31, and the Texans at 32. Is that every single one of these teams have a quarterback taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft in the last five years? Hmm. Right? That is right. If you assume Trevor Lawrence counts. Well, outside of Detroit. But Jared Goff is number one overall. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Never mind. Never it, right. They didn't draft him. They didn't, yes, they didn't draft him, yeah. but they And in yeah. fact, four of the teams, with the exclusion of Houston, have a quarterback taken in the top, uh, two. Cause Darnold was second, right? No, Darnold was third. Oh, Barkley was second, so top yeah. three. So Darnold was three. Lawrence will be one. Burrow was one. Golf was one. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson was 10, right? Or 12. Yes, 12. I believe he was 12. He was 12, yes. Um, I think that that's true. And I, I don't know if that points to, it could, it could be a couple of things. I think it's an interesting theme. One, I think it points, your ranking specifically points to the fact that these are dysfunctional franchises over the last couple of years. Yep. Golf was traded in. Darnold might be headed out. Lawrence not drafted yet. And Deshaun Watson, who the hell knows where he's going. So it's like, it's, I think these, I think these are correct choices in the sense that there's so much unknown and these teams were bad that it stands to reason that they could be bad again in the future, particularly if lots of players want out. Right. It's basically just a power ranking of the, the, the crappy teams in the NFL. And I have technically the jets is the most favorable, you know, if that's the how best you want to crappy team. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's a great spot to be in. Uh, and to me, why I put them there. And again, what I think you might find interesting for people who are, you know, going to be paying attention to the draft and all of this stuff is that, you know, the Jaguars and the Jets technically are the two worst teams in the NFL. They're picking in the top two this year, but they're not at the bottom two on this list. And that's sure. really just because of what they could become. We're talking with Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, you, you know, the most cap space in the NFL. You could change that pretty quickly. Pete Prisco at- went on HQ and said, if they're not competing for Super Bowls, it's a, it's a huge blunder. It's like, well, that's, 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 well I don't know if we're going to go that far, but exactly. they could, they, they could be a legitimate scrappy team, maybe out of the gate if Lawrence pops, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But, and then with the New York Jets, the reason why I have them as the highest out of these teams is because they have a ton of cap space. People love Robert Sala, the new head coach. You know, Richard Sherman's talking about how they got a great one. You know, it, it's almost changing the narrative around the New York Jets completely on its head because everybody looked at Adam Gase and said, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. They're not saying that about Robert Sala. And does that change the minds of a guy like Deshaun Watson, who reportedly has looked at the Jets and said, that's the number one place I want to play. And if you get Deshaun Watson, you have all this cap space. It, it, it changes rather quickly. Again, I don't have them. You want to be ahead of the curve. You want to be ahead of the curve by having the Jets at the top in case they, the Jets are basically your top landing spot for Deshaun Watson by putting them at 28. Exactly. And again, they're 28. It's not like I'm putting them in the playoffs or anything like that, but right now they are the best of the bad bunch. The Bengals, 
as much as I love Joe Burrow, let's see what it looks like coming out of, coming out of the ACL. The roster still needs a lot of work. This is a huge year for Zach Taylor. No I mean, protection when, on when the offensive line. Oh, none. But, but whenever a, a team has to come out and say we're keeping you, that means you're on the hot seat. <laughs> so, you know, you just wonder what that's going to look like in, in 2021. Again, I love Joe Burrow. I love what they're doing. It's just they got to hit. Tough, these tough division, too. It's a tough division, and they have to hit on whoever they bring in. And then the final two, Detroit, I mean, I, I just – their ceiling is not high. They were the worst defense in the NFL last year. It, you know, the yes, they're getting draft picks and, and all that stuff. They'll be good at some point as long as they hit. But if you're telling me that the, the bringing in of Jared Goff, does that maybe sway them away from taking a quarterback in this draft? That that would be if – if I'm a Lions fan, that would be a real bummer because I, I think that you know that your ceiling is not high. With, with Jared Goff. And then, quickly, and, and, and I was there on the Lions too. There's a, there's some buzz. They might tag Kenny Galladay. I cannot imagine yeah, Kenny Galladay will be happy about that. No. And, and again, you're losing, and, and theoretically, you're losing all those guys, Marvin Jones. Right. And, and but but if you deal. don't tag Galladay, then Quintez Cephas is your number one wide receiver. That's a problem. See, to me, I would, I would almost, if, if I am, if I am Detroit, and again, you, you do have to sell to your fan base that, Hey, listen, we're building, but we're also going to be a scrappy team. We're still going to be competitive. But if you're looking at a rebuild, I don't care that you just got a bunch of picks from, from the Rams. Aren't you almost better served at this point for just letting Kenny Galladay walk, getting the compensatory pick later on next year and just helping your rebuild a little bit further? Cause that's a third round. That's a third round pick. You know, you're going to get a lot for Kenny Galladay there. So to I me, I would, I, I, I agree with the construct. I think what I would do if I'm the Lions is I'm tagging Kenny Galladay. Tag and trade. Yeah. Yeah. Like tag and then trade him to like find out because there's somebody out there who's going to want Kenny Galladay. Maybe it's the Rams. Totally. I don't think, but I mean like, and you can get a pick that's better than the third compensatory. So that would, I I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Accumulate draft picks, but maybe do it via the tag and trade. Yep. And then finally, you know, Houston Texans, that's all I have. That's, that's it. That's the, that's the end of the statement. They (laughs) worst team in the NFL, in my opinion, they have no assets. They, I mean, they have an asset in Deshaun Watson, but you don't want to trade that asset, even though he wants to be gone. Right. It seems like you're a dysfunctional organization right now, the most dysfunctional in the NFL, which is saying something. And it, it, I just don't know how it plays out because if all of a sudden you're going to lose Deshaun Watson, yes, you're going to get a treasure trove of picks. But for 2021, you are going to be bad. You are not going to be a good football team. So, yes, maybe this – opens the door for things later on down the road. But as it relates to this rankings, the way too early for 2021, you look like the worst team in football, especially if you lose. Also, as we understand it, Jack Easterby will have a heavy hand in deciding how to use any future assets that they, that they get. I know Nick Casario is the GM, but you know, Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien was the GM and Jack Easterby had his hands in everything. So I just need a Showtime series about the rise of Jack Easterby. I, I just need this. I need like a succession type thing. Yeah. You watch, you just, watch Billions? I've been yes, binging Billions it. since Google. It's, it's great. It. It's fantastic. Absolutely love it. Yeah. It's the, it's the best. That's a great Succession show. or Billions? What's better? I think. Oh, I, I think like Billions. Yeah, I was, I was going to say Billions. I like Billions. Billions yeah. is my show. But Although, they, uh, but they stopped recently. You know, I remember, you know, they, they stopped production because of COVID. Oh, yeah. I yeah. See, I'm in season three. Okay. So they like, uh, this is not a spoiler or anything. 
uh, he, uh, he mentions it. What's the actor's name? It's losing. Uh, uh, oh, um, I, the, you're talking about, uh, Axe? The main, the main, no, no, no. Yeah, the main I can't kid. remember what his name is either. He's obviously exactly. in Hummingland too. But. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Damian but, Lewis. Uh, Thank you, Diva. They, they mention, um, they mention COVID in one of the episodes and then like two episodes later, it's like we stopped production or whatever it was, you know. Oh, really? There, there, there haven't been new episodes. I believe they're coming back though. I thought I saw a promo that things are coming back. So I'm excited about that. With my, is that my have we not had, we haven't had any new television shows, have we? We have really not. It's, it's, you know, I know we've been in a bunker with football because, uh, since then, but we really haven't seen anything. That hadn't occurred to me, I don't think. Cause I was watching well, like, we got, um, you know, we got like the Queen's Gambit type deals and, you know, I'm, I'm watching like WandaVision right now. But, have you, you seen know, the boys? No. And I, I just, I just need to watch, need to watch that one. I do need it to is watch awesome. that. Awesome. Everybody says that. That's me. my favorite show of 2020 by far. Okay. All right. Yeah, need to watch, watch the it. boys. It's, it's, it's like gruesome, but like, yeah, it's not a superhero show that you think it's going to be when you get into it. Love it. But yeah. I've, I've been, I've been floored by billions. I've, I, well, I stayed up until like 1am the last three nights or last two nights watching billions. So I'm like, I'm like, so I'm exhausted. <laughs> All I need is sleep. And I'm like, you know, you know, the thing on like Netflix or the Showtime app when, oh, and you yeah. know, you know, you get Showtime for free, right? Oh, I know. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I didn't find that out until like two, a month ago. Oh yeah. I know. I've been in on that. I have, oh, the, okay, okay. we have, um, we got, uh, we're, we're pretty good. We got Showtime. We got the new Paramount Plus. Paramount coming. Plus it's, coming. Oh yeah. Very, very, very exciting stuff really. here. That's right. Good, yeah. good little company perks. Not bad. If you, uh, if you happen to have a child anytime in the next couple of years, you get Noggin for free thanks to the Whoa. Nickelodeon. Whoa. Very exciting. Hey, we were paying for Noggin. I had no idea. Get it for I mean, I'm not having a kid anytime soon, but I'm a kid at heart. So I'll just watch Noggin. That's I wouldn't fine. check out Noggin. You're not going to like that. <laughs> um, all right. Sally, you're the best, buddy. Appreciate you taking the time. Great rankings. Uh, you should turn it into an article and just de- dethrone Pete Briscoe. Take yeah. him down. Um, and we'll, down. Uh, we'll have some more Super Friends talk coming. Tomorrow, Sully. Thanks, Sully.